Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Good evening and welcome everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight on Word Up. Lovely to have you with us. If you're joining us on Facebook Live here at Bright City Church, or if you're listening on the podcast, uh, welcome. It's lovely to be here with um, my good friend and colleague at the church, in a sense, Pastor Akin, um, a legend hey, at Bright hey, City <laughs> and in Nashville. Great to have you, uh, Akin. Thanks for joining us. And um, yeah, we we. Well, we're kind of, you know, we're happy and well done those who followed us all the way through uh, the first letter of Peter. We're now tackling, we feel ready, we feel we can do this. We're going to tackle one of the Gospels, and that Gospel is the Gospel of Mark. Um, you're looking forward to this, Pastor? Are you ready for this? Oh, yes, yes. You, you, you... I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited, really excited, Pastor. It, it, it's, it's amazing that there is, a, you know, the, the Word of God. That's why I said it, it's alive and it's living. You know, just yes. preparing for the yes. introduction alone. We're not even going. We're not even starting to go into <laughs> verse one yeah. yet, and it's already like wow, ready to you know to take off and really to, to delve into this. It's, I'm so excited about this. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Well. The Gospel of Mark, um, you know, so here we go, folks. Let's just um, commit it to the Lord together anyway. Lord, we do thank you for that, um, for your word. Yes, as uh, Pastor Akin says, you know, your living and active word. Every word God breathed, breathed out from you as a gift and revelation to us. And we, we sit under your word today. We ask you to speak, reveal to us, teach us, cause us to grow as we as we take this word in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Here we go then. Well, so Mark, it's a gospel. And thinking of that um, that word gospel, you know, in English it comes from God spell, God spell, God's story. Spell means another another word, old English word for story. Um, but uh, I was reading, you know, in in the Greek, actually that that gospel. Uh, has a meaning of good news. It was that they had this thing in, in, you know, in ancient times when there would be battles and things that people would report back on the battle. Um, hey, you know, good news, good news. We've won. You know, there's been victory. We've won. We've got peace in the land. And, and you know, people would run back. We even think of that um, after the Battle of Marathon, the, the, the marathon race. That tw- is it 26 miles? Or have you ever run a marathon, Pastor Akin? Uh, never. Half marathon? <laughs> yeah. Somebody maybe will help us here uh, on the thing. But anyway, they, they were running back. This guy ran back the 26 or so miles with the good news. I think he died at the end of it. It was such a strenuous. <laughs> but it was with the good news, you know, the battle not is won. Not encouraged to do a marathon faster, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not encouraging people here with that, am I, to, to run their marathon? But yeah, so the gospel is good news, and and actually, it is good news about a battle. In fact, that 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 you know was engaged by the Son of God against Satan and and the, the the forces of evil, and we shall see it going through this this gospel, this good news 
um, or, uh, of the Gospel of Mark. So uh, what, what do you think about that, Pastor Akin? I've, I've had a good I little mean, beginning. As you were talking about good news, you know, at the battle, I, I think, you know, as we go through the, the Gospel of St. Mark, one of the, the, the central theme that we'll see there is that how, you know, as you, as you rightly said, Jesus Christ came to redeem us as well. He came to redeem mankind yeah. from that losing battle that we had against sin and against yeah. death. Yeah. You know, he came, to, he came to deliver us from the fear of death. He came to deliver us from yes. sin and the power of sin in our lives. And, it, and that's, the, that's the good news, isn't it? That in Christ Jesus, that we can have victory. We can have victory over sin. We can have victory over the fear of death, over disease and sickness and, and bondage and all of these things. And, and that's what we see in, in, in as we go through Mark's gospel, we'll see time and time again, you know, situations where people felt that they were they were trapped, you know, for and they could never get out of those situations. They could never overcome. And we see Jesus Christ coming into the scene and yeah. coming on the scene yes. and bringing that deliverance and bringing that victory and bringing yes. that breakthrough and telling people, you know, the kingdom of heaven is alive, the kingdom yes. of God is alive. And he demonstrated that he didn't just say it, but he actually yeah. demonstrated that victory. The so king is here, and, and is the good news. <laughs> amen. And we're not getting into the the verses quite yet, but but the first <laughs> verse is you know the beginning of the gospel, the great news, the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Anointed King, the Son of God. You know, and, and so, yeah, we'll be picking it. That's the very first announcement of, in the very first <laughs> verse. Well, well, Mark's gospel, as we know, you know, it's one of four gospels, four accounts of the good news. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke and John in that order. Now, Mark is the, the first. It was the first that was written, even though it's not the first that's um, um, laid out in our own uh, New Testament, but it was the first that was written. It's the shortest of the Gospels, F pretty concise. I think is it is it sixteen chapters? 16 yeah, sixteen chapters. chapters. Well, yes. It's it's kind of action packed. It's the liveliest. It's it's the most action going on in this gospel, and it's really concerned with what Jesus did. Uh, you know, uh, mm. uh, it's it's mostly concerned. It's kind of the real action stuff. Yes. Have, have you um have you yes. sort of I've, come across I've anything picked, on that side yes I've, I've picked that up as well pastor Rina, as, as you've rightly said i mean I, I was reading one comment and it was just saying that you know it's almost as though the, the gospel of mark you know the backdrop of it was up it's like an act a bit of an action movie where as in the the other gospels what they what mark has done is that he's cut out a lot of the dialogue so a lot of the talking yeah. and the, even the yeah. background you can see that even what you've just read from verse one in um, chapter one of Mark, you know, you have to get to chapter two and three of the other Gospels before you actually get to this part, because they spend yes. so much time going That's the true. theology and the, the background before Jesus Christ was born. But Mark hasn't got time for that. You know, he jumps straight in, straight in and he says, yeah. right, this is the, the this is all about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we're going straight into the to the miracles, going straight into all the things that he did, the demonstration of his mm. power. And there's a lot of that in there. Uh, more so than in the other gospels, so he doesn't. That, so some of the parables and and the background history, he doesn't really go into that as in depth as the as yeah. the other gospels does. But Mark is really concerned about saying to people, like you've rightly said, this is the good news, and then bam, this is who Jesus Christ is. Bam, this is what he's done, and this is what you need to do as well. So it's like he's not, yeah. he's, and he's taken all the other stuff out and just made that that kind of like uh, transition from 
this is who he is, this is what he's done, and this is what you're going to do as his disciples, as his followers. Yes, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant, wonderful, thank you. I was reading a commentary, actually David Pawson's, um, and so quite a bit of what I'm sharing I, I've got from him, and very good, I can highly recommend it. But he was talking about um, often, you know, when somebody dies, uh, so we think of when Jesus died, he rose again, of course, and then there's, uh, there, there's, there's the obituaries, you know, come out about what the person did you know the first stuff that's oh you know say you you read them in the paper or you hear about them I, I sometimes listen on radio 4 to these accounts of the lives of people I forget what the show's called now but anyway um you know what the person did and and mark is in, involved in that then you've got um so people are going to write about what the person said and we find Luke and Matthew you know focus a lot more on what was said the teachings and the parables of Jesus and then you know maybe what makes a person tick comes along you know what's the what was really deep inside the person's heart the character the motivation and we find the gospel of John is really getting deep into the the heart of the um the motivation and person of uh of Jesus. So, yeah, that's what um, David Pawson said, and it sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, we, we go to who is Mark, and uh, he's got, he's got, we, we definitely know of the two names. I'd know it was John Mark, he's sometimes known as. If we think of Marcus, is is the, the the full kind of is is a Roman Latin name. So he had a he had a Roman name, Mark Marcus Mark. And Johannes, or, or, or um, yeah, Johannes was the Hebrew name, um, meaning, and we call it John. Um, Yahweh has shown grace is what that means. And I don't know if you came across this, uh, <laughs> Pastor Akin, but he had this nickname. Um, I'm going to try and say it. It's Colobodactylos, uh, a Greek name. Yeah, so it was um, Marcus Johannes Colobodactylos. So, so, so David Pawson says it, and if David Pawson says it, it's got to be true. But apparently, that that Greek name. So he had three names: a, 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 a Roman, a, a Hebrew, and a Greek. Means stubby fingered. So it was kind of like a nickname. He was so he's a stubby fingered guy. What what have you dug up about uh, John Mark? <laughs> what, yeah. I didn't come across um, that um, Colobodactylus. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a dinosaur, doesn't it? <laughs> it does sound like a dinosaur. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't come across that, but I did come across a few um, interesting facts about, about him. Well, for, from the scripture, uh, the first one is interesting. We, we just finished um, the, the book of First Peter, haven't we? Yeah. And right at the end of First Peter five thirteen, you know, Peter actually refers to him as my son. You know, oh yes, first Peter, yes, he does. Uh, Five thirteen, yes. yes. So he's referring to my as to um, yeah. you know, to John Mark as his son. Right. And so that gives yeah. us a little insight into the father. Right. He had a, a relationship with um with Peter, and yeah. I think you've you've said you've pointed out earlier that um, you know, read uh, read a lot of commentaries, and they believe that he actually Mark got his the, what he actually wrote in this gospel. He got a lot of it firsthand from the apostle Peter. Yeah. Because he was, uh, he he obviously knew him, and uh, he, um, you know, he got that those um, accounts from yes. him. Yes, yes, um, right. Yeah. Which is quite was quite interesting. And we, I mean, and if you go through it, a number of things, I mean, I've, I've just got some references for our, our listeners here, which we might like to go through. Acts twelve twelve. I'm not going to read them, but that's quite another interesting thing about yeah. um, 
you know, his life. We see here that uh, when Peter was in, imprisoned and, uh, you know, he says the brethren where they were praying for him and uh, God miraculously delivered Peter from the, the prison. And it yeah. says in Acts 12, 12, that he went to a house and this was actually the house of um, Mark's mother. Because the prayer meeting for the for the for the release of Peter was taking place in in, in the house of his mother, so we yeah. can see that he's come from a house of prayer. You know, his mother's house was known as the house of prayer, Wonderful, and it was in yeah. that house that they were praying for Peter. And that's where the miracle where God sent an angel to deliver Peter from the um, from prison. So that's another gives another clue yeah. to you know absolutely how, how Mark's background. Yeah. Uh, again, we, we look at Acts thirteen four to five. And here he is described as a helper. He was a helper to um, Paul and Barnabas when they were on one of their uh, missionary yeah, journeys. Yeah. So you see, well, this guy's got quite a good pedigree, hasn't he? Yes. He's yes. known to Peter, mm. known to Paul, known to Barnabas. Um, again, another uh, uh, reference to him here is in Acts 15, 36 to 39. And so we might be familiar with this. There was a falling out between um, uh, Paul Barnabas and, and Paul. Barnabas over... Yeah. Uh, Mark, because on that missionary uh, journey that uh, was mentioned earlier, at some point, for some reason, which the Bible doesn't actually go into, you know, uh, Mark, as it were, he abandoned Paul and Barnabas on that journey. He left them on that missionary trip to go back home. We don't know why, but he did yeah. leave them. And as a result of that, when uh, Barnabas wanted to take Mark on another journey, Paul was like, no, you know, Paul was kind of like taking a hard line. He said, no, I'm not taking yeah. this guy, you know. Yeah. Remember what happened the last time when he abandoned us? I'm not taking him. But Barnabas yeah. being, as the Bible describes him, the son of encouragement, kept on saying, no, let's take him. And yeah. the Bible yeah. says they had a sharp disagreement and yes. they parted ways. So Barnabas went off with Mark. And uh, Paul went off with Silas. But it's quite interesting. This is one of the great things about God's, you know, the power of God to, to redeem and to use us in spite of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because we see in 2 Timothy 4.11, this same Paul talking about this same John Mark says to Timothy, please send him to me. And he says, because he's of a tremendous help. Yeah. <laughs> so at some point, Paul, you know, something's happened yeah. and Paul suddenly sees, no, 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 this guy, there is something that is, is of God, of the call of God in his life. He, he's great help to me. So please send him to me. Yeah. And uh, there, there's one other reference, Pastor Rian, to, in Mark 14, 51, yeah. where um, there, there was this reference to, uh, although it's in Mark's gospel, there's a reference to a young man who was following Jesus during the time that he was being taken before the Jewish council. And it mm. says that he at, at some point, you know, he uh, was on the run and someone grabbed hold of the, 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 you know, the clothing that he was when he ran away from the scene naked. And um, I read some comments to say that this was actually Mark. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, none of I read Mark, that. He's, re he's, he's made that reference to, to himself there. And so I think the encouragement that we see from this is that in spite of um, the fact that, you know, Mark, he had his, um, you know, he, he made his mistakes. God still had a plan and a purpose from him. And I think, you, you know, you would, you would like to pick on that part about him being a great assistant as well. Yes. Uh, because that's something that we can take up on in terms of our own life now. So yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was going to pick up on that. You you said, um, I think Paul said, he is of great help to me. And uh, we can trace right through, you know, where he was a, a help to, to Barnabas, then to Paul. Um, it does refer that he, he met Luke uh, also in Rome and then in Rome with Peter. And uh, possibly he could have been a translator for Peter. You know, Peter was obviously the Jewish fisherman ends up in Rome where, you know, the, the local people are speaking Latin. And we know uh, Marcus, again, something we know about Marcus is likely he was uh, from a wealthy family. He could have been well-educated. What was the clue to that? 
when they pulled off the garment that he was wearing and he was stripped, it says that it was a linen garment. It tended to only be the, the wealthy that had linen garments, apparently, and not, um, you know, the more basic ones were, were wool, I believe, or, or some other material. So, yeah, these clues about who Mark was. But, yeah, we have this thing. He was an assistant, a faithful assistant. Even though he, you know, it looks like he had a couple of wobbles, you know, uh, maybe left them at some point, it says, didn't it? But yet, you know, God uses the the, the assistants. God, you know, God, God sees the, those faithful works. And he's not mentioned as one of the 12. So he wasn't a prominent um, guy on the scene in many ways, but he was a, a very important assistant. And then God's taken that faithful work and that faithful man. And at some point it could have been, couldn't it? Maybe in, in Rome, maybe the believers approached him and maybe Peter was, you know, getting close to the end of his life. And, and they said to him, you know, John Mark, will you, will you write down, you know, Peter's account of of, of the life of Jesus. And, and so sometimes, I don't know if you've already said this, but Mark's gospel is, is sometimes called the gospel of Peter because it really is Peter's preaching, Peter's sharing. And one of the clues to it being, you know, um, really full of Peter's character within the story is, you know, I've, I, I said it earlier, it's action packed. It, it moves from one thing to the next, to the next scene. And, and one of the most one of the favorite words that uh, Mark uses is um, immediately, immediately, straightway. You know, this same it's actually the same word in Greek, but it, it moves on from one action to the next. And, and we know Peter was a bit of a, an action man. He was, you know, straight in on things. You know, oh, there's Jesus at, this, at the seashore. And he, oh, he, he dived straight in the sea. You know, the, the rest of the disciples are kind of, hey, you know, we'll bring the boat to the shore. But he's, no, Jesus. Yeah. He's a bit sort of impetuous and he's an action man. He was the guy who walked on the water. You know, Jesus, if you're walking on, I'm coming coming with you you know and he was a kind of an action man and he also put his foot in it as well a little bit but we we see some of this kind of character in the story yeah yeah yeah, yeah in the account so um and and another thing talking about if i can uh, add that uh, i i read in the commentary that as it sort of more than likely Peter's sharing and, and, and very much influencing this gospel of, of that's written down by Mark. It seems that throughout it, you know, Peter is portrayed in quite a kind of humbling attitude. You know, he's the good things of Peter are never kind of um, really portrayed in a big way. For instance, you know, it's portrayed that it records his denial in um in the in mark but it doesn't record his restoration doesn't record his restoration at the end it records um what was it i was but it, it records this where, where he challenged jesus and jesus said get behind me satan and yet mm. it doesn't record where jesus said to him you are peter and on this rock i will build my church it seemed like you know if pete it's almost you can hear peter saying look you know I'm humbling myself here. I'm not going to have anything in here that would sort of set me apart or set me up. Yeah, just some interesting yes. um, char characteristics there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> and and again, I think, um, you know, what like, like you've highlighted there, Pastor, you know, this whole aspect of, of being willing to serve as an assistant and not to 
put yourself forward, as it were, to be the the, the one at the front, the leader. But you're willing, like as, as Mark uh, uh, did, you know, to be to put yourself in that place to say, right, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to be here to serve these people, to yes. help these people, yes. uh, you know, and God honoured that because. Um, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't think he would have known that his account was would actually form part of what we call the Bible today. But Absolutely. Yet he still faithfully, Absolutely. he yeah. was able to um, present the gospel from Peter's perspective, not from his own perspective. Yeah. You know, the, the, especially that account of his, you know, someone laying hold of his linen garment and taking off him. I mean, that wouldn't, if you were going to put yourself into a story, that wouldn't have actually been the, I don't think that would have been the, the, the thing that you would have put in about yourself. You know, it's, yeah. quite, it's quite embarrassing, yeah. you know. Yeah. But he put that in and it's, it's just like, again, you know, what, what you're talking about, you know, how God uses things that sometimes we might tend to overlook. And yeah. he uses people that we might tend to overlook as well. And this again, this whole you know, theme of God's redemptive power, it comes out so strongly through yeah. the, the, not just the gospel, through the life of the author himself. And, um, you know, it, 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 you can just try, in fact, imagine how he, what, what, he was writing this to actually see that, you know, this isn't just a, a story about Peter, a story about Jesus, but it's, it's a story about God's power at work in my own life, how he has redeemed me and how he has restored me and how he's used me as well. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yes. and, and like someone's commented, it's Pastor Mary actually, you know, has reiterated the fact he was a great help. It was said, mm. you know, he, was, he is a great help to me, um, Paul said. And, and isn't that so true that, you know, one of the, one of the easiest ways to, to, you know, discover your gift to be used by God, it's pretty simple. It's, you know, <laughs> look to help. Look to say, where can I help? You know, let me start in this very simple ways, you know. Let me, let me help by, you know, carrying this for you. Let me help. I can, I can do that for you. And, and God sees that. And if we're willing and if we help, you know, if we offer to help, I remember, you know, going forward at, in, at the first church that I sort of wanted to serve and said, look, you know, how can I help? And the first thing I did, I remember it, I remember it very well. It was a, a conference away, you know, it was actually at the place, um, where is it, over near Battle, Ashburnham. You know, it was kind of a church oh, time yes. away. Yeah. And, um, and, and it was kind of, oh, go and um, maybe you could help look after the young people, the youth or whatever. And I'm, yeah. yeah, brilliant, I'll do that. <laughs> and I sort of, I picked up a football, ran out with the, with the youth and, hey, come on, guys, let's. And, and we had a ball, you know, we had a brilliant time for the whole weekend. And the next minute, you know, I said, right, you're, you're, you know, you can work with the youth, you know. And, and before I knew it, I was... They were coming round to my house. There was a youth life group, you know, because these guys were, oh, you know, they're probably thinking, oh, you know, this guy's good fun. You know, <laughs> let's go. And, and the next thing, we're, we're doing a life group. Then we started a youth band. And before wow. I know it, I'm, I'm the youth leader of that church. You know, this is how things work, isn't it? How wow. can I help? And things where yes. you've got natural, natural inclinations and natural gifts and, and God recognizes it. And he says, right, I can use you. Wow. Yes. And, and and it's the same for wow. all of us, I believe. Amen. That's amazing. Amen. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So going back to maybe the structure of this uh, gospel before we really get into it, um, yeah. you know, it covers three years. Interestingly, there's no mention of Jesus's kind of the, either the genealogy, his birth, his um, growing up, his time in, in carpentry or anything like that comes straight, kicks straight off, as we said, with Jesus kind of turning up. We'll get to that fairly soon. Um, may, maybe today, I don't know. But we've got the first nine chapters uh, covers two and a half years. Then chapter 10 covers 
six months. It's kind of, you know, leading up to this climactic time of the cross, of the great work, the great battle, if you like, where the great victory was won. So chapter 10 is then six months, and then we're coming right down chapters 11 to 16, covering just one week. You know, we're coming down to the focus of the action, you know, what it's all about. And so so that's yeah. what we've got there going on in, in it. Um, it talks about, interestingly as well, I, I, I was reading how Right through in Mark, it particularly um, stresses in different places where Jesus spoke to both demons and people and said, do not, you know, keep quiet. Don't say who I am. Don't, I don't know if you came across this um, this observation. I think they call it the secretive uh, messiah or something yeah like the, that. the messianic secret is <laughs> one secret, one yes, phrase sorry, for it, it yeah yes. it's this kind of right do not t- <clears throat> tell people who i am even when he healed people and and they said oh i'm gonna go and no don't don't keep quiet about it and some of them did some of them didn't and even the demons and then you know it led up to this uh, there was a point where they came what is known as the great confession where where he asked the disciples, you know, he'd so he'd been with them two and a half years, and then he said, "Who do the people say that I am?" And uh, you know, and and we know Peter <laughs> said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God," and that is is known as the Great Confession. Actually, I don't know if you came across that. So yes, if we think of you know yes. the Great Commission. Uh, the Great Commandment, and this was the Great Confession. confession. You are the Christ, the Son yes. of the Living God. Have um, you? Did you come across any other points yes. related I, to that, Pastor? The, the, the what, what I came across was the um, what were described as the three major themes of of Mark. So um, the first one was described as the the, the revealing of who he was. That um, so it was like the, the gospel. There was there was a, a clarity as to. You know, um, the gospel wanted to make it known to people that he was the Messiah. So there was, there was, there wasn't another coming Messiah. This was the Messiah. This is Jesus. This is the Son of God. As as you, you just said that Peter made that declaration there. That the second part was about his 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 actual ministry, what he did, and that was all the miracles that he did. You know, the deliverances, the healings, the demonstration of the kingdom, and uh, the third part was to do with discipleship and faith. To say that right, this is the Messiah. This is what he's demonstrated that he is the Messiah. So how do you respond to that? And the response is to, and that's whether you get all this immediately, immediately. The response is to immediately drop all you're doing and just yeah. follow him, follow his example. And don't follow the example of the, the, the apostles or other disciples, but it's the example of Jesus Christ. That's the example that you are to follow. And so it's, um, you know, what I was reading was that they, these are the, if you like, the major themes of, of this gospel, the Messiah, what he's done, discipleship and faith. Yes, wonderful. And and building on that as well it is that um, it was not until that great confession, if you like, of you are the Christ, the son of the living God, that he was then able. It says after that, he, he kind of, you know, he was now focused right now that you know who I am. It was only yeah. after that that he, he talked about the church. It was the first time he could say, now you know who I am on this revelation, on knowing me, on having that revelation and relationship with me i will build my church and and it says you know at some point he took them up it was the three 
closest to him and there was the transfiguration. He revealed his glory to them. And after this great confession as well, it was only after then that he, that he started to say, I am going to the cross. I am going to die for you. You know, so, so it was not until, you know, this great confession was an important kind of, um, you know, uh, pivotal moment in, in his, uh, his, his work and activity. So brilliant. Um, one more um, thing that I, I thought I'd just mention that's interesting about the Gospel of Mark that I, I again came across in the commentary, and you can see it if you if you go to the end of the Gospel. There's a kind of a, it comes to an abrupt end. Uh, I don't know if you came across this, Pastor Aggie. In chapter sixteen, yeah. <coughs> verse eight, um, it you yeah. know it says many early manuscripts and reliable manuscripts yes. you know finish there they don't have, yeah, and, and, and right, they yes. don't have the last um uh, however many added verses the are there verses from verse nine yes nine on to 20 yeah and yes. um and it actually you know when i was re reading my commentary it said um you know, it literally finishes in this 16, chapter 16, verse 8, as it said, Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid of... <laughs> and it, it, it's, um, you know, David Paulson was explaining how, you know, they've rounded it off there because they were afraid. But it just abruptly comes to an end. And it's almost as if maybe it could be that John... Uh, sorry, Mark, John Mark was, um, you know, stopped suddenly from finishing his work. Maybe, maybe he was captured. Maybe he was, you know, imprisoned, executed. Or what were other theories about how it might have happened? Um, but yeah, that that was certainly one. And then um, it seems like you know the 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 remaining verses were added by the early church, and 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 things important things that are added in that. In those last few verses, although it's you know it's been agreed to be in the canon because of um, you know, you know its uh, its power and its connection and what have you, mm -hmm. but uh, it, things like that. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. That joining of baptism with um, believing, um, be believing and baptism. Um, what was the other thing? Also, it's uh, these are Jesus's words. He said to them. And, uh, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. I also read in a commentary that that is um, uh, the only place where Jesus himself refers to, you know, the gift of tongues. Of course, it's all, all the way through uh, the, the book of Acts anyway. But, uh, yeah, just some interesting points there. Interesting points there, yes. Yeah. So, well, how are we doing for time now? It's uh, half past. We can actually get into the into first this. few verses. Yes. So yes. here we go then. Um, let, me read, um, let me read the first few verses then, starting with Mark chapter 1, verse 1. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send a messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. 
the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert, and he was in the desert forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. Right, there we go. We're straight into the action, <laughs> as we, we were saying earlier. Um, so the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, we mentioned that earlier. Christ, the meaning anointed king, you know, he's the, the coming king. And, and they're saying as well, the son of God, making God. it quite clear who he is. And uh, another thing I was reading, you know, when... When our Queen Elizabeth was crowned at her coronation, she was anointed with oil. And uh, that was called the chrism. And it, it comes from the, the, the kind of the, this, this word of anointing the, the royalty, uh, where we get the, the word Christ, Christ mm -hmm. the, the anointed one. So, uh, yeah, here we go. And then we go straight in with the, the prophecy uh, it is written in Isaiah, the prophet, you know, I will send a messenger ahead of you. Did you, did you manage to get this far in, because uh, I know we talked about the introduction. Yes, I know. I, I, did, wanna... I, did, I did read it in, in the event yeah. that... Um... Yeah, <laughs> in the event that we, <laughs> that we did got crack into on. it. Yes, wonderful, I did. Wonderful. So the, the, um, I mean, just, just reiterating what you just said, right, right from the very beginning, it's like yeah. in, in, just in line with the way that Mike's, of uh, Mark's style, yeah. He just straight, straight away goes in. He's not, there's no time for geologies. There's no time for any background information. He just makes a straight a statement, doesn't he? A declaration that this Jesus is the Son of God. And it's interesting. We will come towards the end of the, of the gospel. I'm jumping the gun here. By the yeah, end of yeah. the gospel, we see that centurion standing by the cross, don't we? Yes. And um, he, makes that he makes that same declaration at, at the end of the gospel don't you, when he says, surely this was the Son of God. You know, the, 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 um, this is towards the end of the, of the crucifixion. And so you can see here. Can you hear me, Pastor Ian? Yes, I'll bring you back. No, I was, I was, yes. I was oh. the comment. <laughs> Do sure carry on. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah no, carry so, on. It's so, great stuff. Yeah. It's great stuff. <laughs> so, he's make, so he's making that, that sort of decoration right from the beginning. And we see at the end that that same declaration being made by the centurion to say, yes, this surely is the son of God. And yes, this is one of this um, uh, quote, quote from uh, the prophet Isaiah from the Old Testament. It's one of the very few I, I've read that are yeah. in this gospel, that there aren't a lot of, um, you know, quotes from the Old References, Testament in Mark's yeah. gospel. Yeah. So, but right at the beginning, again, he goes straight into it. It's almost like to say, right, this is all you're going to get from the Old Testament for me. We're, we're, we're just focusing on this good news of what Christ, who he is, 
mm. and what he is doing right now. Yeah. Yeah, so, the anointed um, <laughs> one. And uh, I must read it out because uh, for those of you who are just listening on the podcast, Ben uh, has put a great uh, little snippet here. That that anointing of oil of, of Queen Elizabeth at the coronation was considered so sacred that they wouldn't allow the TV cameras to film it, interestingly enough. So, uh, wow. yeah, talking about that. Thanks, Ben. Brilliant. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, so we've got the prophecies there, uh, into, and, and you've referred to, you know, the Isaiah the prophet, and there's even a reference to Malachi 3 um, there as well, a voice of one calling in the, uh, in the wilderness. And interestingly, you know, we know that Mark was the first gospel to be recorded. In our New Testament, it's Matthew begins the, the, the New Testament, but there was that period of 400 years from um, is it, uh, oh dear, I'm, I'm, uh, Malachi, the very last Malachi, prophet. Malachi, yes. In the, thank you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Malachi, the, the last rec record of the prophet speaking at the end of the Old Testament, and that was 400 years before this time. And there'd been this 400 years of, of quiet, it seemed. You know, God, no, no man had come forth and said, you know, um, God has spoken, or, 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 or um, what, what was the phrase they often use there? Um, that, I'm trying to think what they uh, they said. Uh, Thus the Lord has said, or something. Yeah. Anyway, it had been this 400 years of quiet, and now here was a prophet, a genuine prophet, a man of God, come and saying, you know, hey, you know, God is speaking. God is speaking to the people. And um, another thing that, you know, so here comes, here comes uh, um, John the Baptist. So he was, he was fulfilling these prophecies, you know, that, hey, there will come someone, a voice calling to prepare the way for the Messiah, preparing the way for the coming king. And so John was a fulfillment of the prophecy. He was also a revival of the voice of God to the people you know he was a revival of the prophetic word coming so in in both of those ways there so here he was and and it shows that um you know he had great authority interestingly that um you know he was preaching and it says the whole of the judean countryside and and the way that it's phrased in this gospel all the people of jerusalem went out to him and i mean that's obviously the capital the biggest um biggest city of 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 the the area and all of the people went out into the wilderness yes. to him so he there was something an anointing on him wasn't there yeah. and it's i think it's, 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 it's very interesting pastor when you when you when you read this account of what happened yeah. in the, at the time on the baptist that um you know that there were no when you look at them there's nothing here to indicate that there were any miracles taking place so nothing to say that people were being healed or people yeah. were being delivered or there was anything like that but the the and it, it shows it, again that the, the power that is in god's living word that it essentially because he came to fulfill that prophecy in the book yeah. of Isaiah, mm. that even without any miracles, without any, yes. um, if yeah. you like, any signs or anything, yeah. that the preaching of the word, just that, that you know, just yes. uh, uh, releasing that word in line with the prophecy of God, 
that drew the people, it drew the people out. Like, and it said that he was in the, you know, even Jesus Christ, you know, he commented in one of the gospels when he was saying that, what did you go out to see in the wilderness? Did you go and see, you know, a fine palace or a man, a man dressed in lovely clothing? No, that, that was that was the power of God was in God's word. All he had to do was to say, right, I've come in fulfillment of that word to come and prepare the way for the coming Messiah. And uh, people were drawn to that. And to, they were actually repenting of their sins. Yeah. There was no signs. There was no miracles. It wasn't a soft message. It was it was direct. It yes. was the word of God yes. directly in line with God's plan and God's purpose for that time. To prepare. And it's like he said, I've just come to prepare the way. You know, this this message that I have brought to you in the desert is to prepare the way, to prepare your hearts for the mm. coming Messiah. And it's like he was saying, I baptize you with water, but there is one might, mightier than I. He's going to come and baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And um, it's, it's really, I think it's an encouraging um you know, something very encouraging for, for us yes, as Christians amen. that, you know, we don't always have to look for miracles, for signs and wonders. But we, we just need the word. Of, we, we need, obviously, we need the word and the Holy Spirit as well to help us. Yeah. But we need that word of God. And we need to, to de depend on that and to, to rely on that and to deliver that as God gives it to us and, and just trust God for the rest. And Absolutely, so in, in, yeah. in, in line with the word, you know, he's yes. come, deliver the word to the people as it is. And uh, I believe it was Jesus Christ again who said that... Um, you know, of all the prophets that have been, you know, there was none greater than John the Baptist. Yes. And when you think yeah. about all those other prophets, you know, like Elijah yeah. and Elisha, yeah. all the mighty miracles they did, all the things that they that they accomplished, that we saw. And I think it, it maybe in this day and age, in the ministry that we, we see in the world today, we would probably um, give, you know, a, a higher, uh, if, if you like, yeah. um, credence to their yes. ministries because yeah. of those signs. But Jesus said, no, you know, this man, he came to fulfill yeah. the purpose that God had to him. And he was focused on that. And he just stuck to that and he fulfilled that. And so all of those other prophets, John the Baptist was the yeah. greatest. And then he now went to say, but the least who is in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. So wow. that kind of like blows up. It does. It, it just does. opens up an, another a realm of um, yeah. reality for us as Christians. It does. Thank you. Yeah. And, and the power of of preaching the word, you know, and, and that's such a challenge to us. You know, if John could could. Yeah, it's the same today. We could absolutely, you know, if we preached with fearlessness, with, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we could, you know, have the same impact on our community today. And if we think we're, we're often talking about, you know, that the Lord is coming again, the second coming. Mm. It's a huge part of the gospel. It's a huge mm. part. And there is a, a preparing the way always for the coming of the Lord. And he's calling us to prepare the way for his second coming. And, and you know, it's a preaching that is required, a preaching of the truth. And um, I was also, you know, reading the thoughts about, you know, some people might say, oh, Oh, preaching, you know, is not going to touch people today. It just turns them off. They don't want to hear preaching. And, and, you know, you can you can sort of almost get sucked in and, and hear where they may be coming from. You know, and they talk about good works and, you know, we need to concentrate on helping the poor and doing this and doing that. And, of, of, of course, those are hugely important. And they But the preaching of the word, you know, must come because the greatest need of all mankind is to be made one with God, to, to have sin dealt with and removed and, and, you know, to be made conscious of their sin so they can turn to God and repent and be, be you know, brought at peace with God. Uh, and that can only come through the preaching of the cross, mm -hmm. the preaching of the message. Yes. Everything else we do will not address 
you know, the um, the forgiveness of sins. And, and in, interestingly, in this verse 4, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So mm-hmm. it's repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The greatest need of man is to be forgiven of our sins and made right with God. Yes, Great. How absolutely. are we doing? Wow. Well, it's just a couple of minutes left. I think we'll we'll stop there on the... Um, on the passage, and we'll just maybe pray and uh, round up there. Um, well, we're in. We're into Mark. We're off the mark. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's great. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We're really excited about this study, and uh, I think we've made a great start. Um, let's just uh, thank God for it. And, Lord, we, we bless you. We worship you. We turn to you and ask you to open our hearts and minds, Lord. Give us a hunger and thirst for your word. Transform us by the renewing of our mind through this, these truths that you're bringing to us, Father. Let every person who is joined with us, either live or on the recording or on the podcast, Father, transform them from glory to glory through your living word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Wow. Amen. Thanks again, Pastor Akin. How did you find that? Oh, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I, I can't wait to, to see where God is going to take us with this, the changes and the, the transformation he's going to bring in our lives through yes. the study of, of this gospel. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, God bless and uh, have a wonderful week, everyone. And uh, if I don't see you before, we'll see you next week. See you next week. God bless everyone. God bless. Bye. Bye.